The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years, and Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your smart TV or your phone live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to continue their legacy on the clay courts? From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all happens. Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I am your host, Jacob Sersosimo, as always. And today, right now, you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, we have a fair amount of stuff to get to today, including a preview of one of the best tournaments in sports as far as team competition goes, and especially the best team competition in tennis. I am talking about the Laver Cup. The Laver Cup is happening in Boston. Right now, actually it's not happening yet, but they're all there, but it will start on Friday and we're going to dig right into what the Labor Cup is for those of you who don't know because it's still fairly new and some of the players that are there and what to watch for while there. But also, before we get there, there's a tournament going on right now in Metz, France. It's called Moselle and let's look at some of the draws here and I think the biggest reason why this is kind of being a big deal right now is because Andy Murray is playing really well. He beat... Uh, Vasek Pospisil in the second round, and he beat Hugo Humbert in the first round. Both two really good wins for Andy Murray. He is a wild card in this tournament. He beats the seeded, six-seeded Humbert, and then he just beat Pospisil. Both who played, you know, decent tournaments at the U.S. Open this year, especially Pospisil. And now he will either play Pui or Hercotch. Hercotch is the one seed. So this this could be another building block off of what Andy Murray did at the U.S. Open. Now Andy Murray didn't make it far at the U.S. Open at all. But he almost did beat Stefano Tsitsipas. And I think it made a lot of people think in their own mind that, hey, this guy's back a little bit. And this guy can actually play at a high level again. He can do things like this again. Is this the Andy Murray we saw, you know, five years ago? Is this the Andy Murray that was part of the big four before it was the big three? Is this Andy Murray that won Wimbledon in his home country? Is this the Andy Murray that we began to know and love at the beginning of his career? It very well could be. Now, I don't know if he has the endurance he had when he was younger. I don't know if he can do all of that. But what I will say is Andy Murray, the way he's playing, is promising. And it's really, really good to see after what he went through with his whole hip injury and hip surgery and essentially retiring at the Australian Open to coming back and playing important, meaningful matches at Grand Slams and at ATP 250s like we're watching right now. So I'm, I'm encouraged by this. I'm excited about this. And we'll see how this tournament goes. There's a lot of good names in this tournament. You got Damon Neuer. You have Hachinoff. You have Cole Schreiber plays Monfils in the second round here soon. Rune, who had a great tournament at the U.S. Open, played Djokovic and played really well. Uh, Sanago, he's in this tournament. Yimer, um, Yimer played uh, in the Winston-Salem final. 
and against Ivashka. And Karina Busta is also in this tournament. So this tournament's actually stacked with a lot of good players. It is an ATP 250. So the problem is, is a lot of the good players aren't there because they're at the Labor Cup, which is what we're going to talk about next. The Labor Cup, six players on Team Europe, six players on Team World, and an alternate, I believe. And this is one of the best tournaments in the sport of tennis. It's a team. It is always good teams. Team World's always good, but Team Europe is always stacked, like fully stacked. And this year, no different. Team Europe is fully stacked. Let's get to Team Europe first. There's six players on this team, and how they pick them is three of the players are picked via ATP ranking, and the next three are picked via captain's pick. And the captain of Team Europe, Bjorn Borg, he's been the captain for a while. On Team Europe, Daniil Medvedev, Stefano Tsitsipas, Alexander Zverev, Andrei Rublev, Matteo Berrettini, and Casper Ruud. And their alternate, Feliciano Lopez. What a stacked team this is. Now, there's no Roger, there's no Rafa, and there's no Djokovic, who have really headlined this tournament and this event for years in the past. Re like Those three have been the staple of this tournament. But without them, this team is still stacked. I think Casper Ruud, I don't know if, I don't think he's in the top 10, but the other five, very much in the top 10 and very much have had a great year. Team Europe, stacked. But let's take a look at Team World. Denis Shapovalov is on the team. Diego Schwartzman. Felix Ogier Aliassim is on the team. Riley Opelka. John Isner. Nick Kyrgios in the alternate, who's playing really well right now. Jack Sock. And they are led by Captain John McEnroe and Vice Captain Patrick McEnroe. A pair of McEnroes jumping in to help Team World try to win this thing for the first time. They've never won it, but they've never really had a team that can win it because they've always played against Roger, Rafa, Djokovic. Sferov's always been on the team. The team's always been way too good. This year, I do believe that Team World has their best chance at winning because of how their team is stacked up, their big doubles team, and the big guys on their team are playing really, really well. But also, Team Europe doesn't have the star power and the power that they used to have when they had the big three. They don't. Jovac, or Jovac. Djokovic is not playing in this in this event, which is massive for Team World if they want to be able to do something. But Team World has really struggled in this tournament in the past, but it's in Boston. It's in the U.S. There's going to be on, there's going to be a lot of red in the stands. There's going to be a lot of Team World fans in the stands. Canadians, Americans, you name it, they'll be there. But Team World has got to win it this year. This is their year to finally win one of these things. They've struggled for so long. They need to win it. Now, the Labor Cup, three-day event, and this is how it works. On the first day, matches are worth one point. On the second day, matches are worth two points. On the third day, matches are worth three points, and it's first one to 13 points wins. Now, sometimes it can come down to the last one. If it is 12-12 tie at the very end, then they'll play 80-sider, but it's first team to 13 points. Team Europe has always beat Team World to 12 points, it's never, it's never really even been a competition, really. I mean, it was a couple years ago, but it really wasn't because Team Europe has always been so stacked in who they have and who they play. So, I mean, I'm hoping that Team World can finally do something in this tournament because it'd be really fun to watch them win in Boston. But that Team Europe is just too stacked. I mean, you look at who they have. They have Tsitsipas, who had a decent run at the U.S. Open, but you know made a French Open final. They have Medvedev, who made 
or who won the U.S. Open final. Then they have Berrettini, who made the Wimbledon final. They have guys on this team that have massive experience. They have Zverev, who won an Olympic gold medal this year and made it to the semis, went five sets at the U.S. Open with Novak Djokovic. And who do the Americans have? Jack Sock played fairly well against a high-seeded player at the U.S. Open. Riley Opelka made a couple semis in ATP 500s. FAA made semis of the U.S. Open. And that's about it. Nick Kyrgios withdrew from Wimbledon. Like, I hate to bag on this team because I want this team to win because, you know, I'm American in their team world. But I'm just saying, like, as far as player talent goes, Europe right now exceeds the world tenfold. They make the world's talent look like nothing when they're a team and together. So that's probably their biggest challenge is trying to beat these massive guys, right? And speaking of massive guys, as far as massive in the tennis world, America's got a couple. Riley Opelka and John Isner, we have some two big servers. I'd be very intrigued to see if these two play doubles together. I don't know why they would do that, but I don't think we'd lose a serve game if these two played doubles together. They're part of the whole bot crew, right? Talk about bots and their bots. So I'd be very intrigued to see if Riley Opelka and John Isner play doubles together. And I would definitely watch it. I'm looking forward to this event. I always look forward to this event. I think it's a really good event that the ATP, the Labor Cup, and everybody puts on. And I'm pulling for Team World. I just don't know if they can beat Team Europe. That's kind of my prediction. Team Europe, solid and stacked as always. Maybe they might get them on the whole double side because America has a few better doubles players. But as far as talent-wise and just good at the sport, good at tennis, I mean, Team Europe's kind of got them stacked up. I'm going to go final score like 13 to 9 or something like that as far as Team Europe. I think that's a possibility, and that's what I'm going to go with for this tournament. Like I said, really looking forward to the Labor Cup. I think it's one of the best events that tennis puts on as far as celebrating the game. Happens right before the Nito ATP Finals and kind of the end of the year wrap. And so to have this in September, to have it in Boston, they always have it in big, large cities, whether that be in Europe or around the world, and it's been in the U.S. a lot. So I'm really looking forward to it. Can we move on? We're going to move on from the Labor Cup as much as I love to talk about it and as much as I love the event. We got some big news to get to. First off, it looks like the ATP is looking to expand Masters 1000s. They say Masters 1000s events. They're looking to increase some of them to 12-day events instead of just one week. And that would be Rome, Madrid, Canada, Cincinnati, and Shanghai. They want to increase them to 12-day events. And this is, in, this is according to You Buy Tennis. And they are saying that under the new structure, ATP 250s events will also take place during the second week of those tournaments and which they could re they could receive subsidy from the ATP tour. So it looks like some ATP or Masters 1000s events are going to get even bigger and I think that's a genius plan. You ever been to Indian Wells? I've been to Indian Wells. It's they, it's a reason there's a reason they call it the fifth major. It really is one of the best tournaments in the world. And I believe that because where it's at, the location, the way they treat it, the whole thing I think is wonderful and I think that's why players like to go there. Now, Naomi Osaka just withdrew from there, but I don't think that has to do with the tournament itself. I think that has to do with some things she's dealing with on her own. But Indian Wells and Miami, the way they put those things on in America, second to none. And I'm a huge fan of those tournaments. And I think Cincinnati, yes, you can do it. The only thing I have to really say about it is when you look at Canada and Cincinnati, 
these would be 12-day tournaments leading up to the U.S. Open. Those are some big tournaments leading into the U.S. Open. And I think Rome does it when it leading into Roland Garros. But that's kind of asking a lot if you go back-to-back Masters 1000s for 12 days. Think you play a 10-day tournament. They say you make it to the semis or something. You play 10 days, boom, turn around, make it to the semis again, play another 10 days of a Masters 1000, boom, turn around again, go play the U.S. Open. Like, that's a lot of grind, and that's a lot of playing. But then that, you know, that puts it on the players to decide what you want to do as far as what tournaments you want to play. So that that's just some news coming out. I'll keep you updated if anything else comes out. But it looks like the ATP sent it to players, and they're looking to look more into it, I think, and try to make them a real thing. So that's one thing that happened. Let's look at Forbes did an article on Roger Federer. Now, Roger Federer is talking about his return a little bit after his knee injuries and after he played at Wimbledon, and he said he had to take some time off. And so Roger Federer is looking to return to the court in 2022. And so this is kind of what he said in his interview with Forbes. He said, the worst is behind me. I'm looking forward to everything that is to come. And when you come back from an injury, every day that goes by feels better than the last. But he said, it's emotional. In the interview, he goes on to say, it will be a challenge to get back on the circuit. I want to get back to physical training and the court as soon as possible. But it still requires a little patience. The day I start again, there will be three very tough days. Now, Roger Federer says his goals of returning is to get back to the Labor Cup in London in 2022. And I would guess he'd want to get to Wimbledon as soon as possible. But it looks like he's on the up and up. And that's really good to see from Roger Federer. As a fan of the game and as someone who follows the game, the tour just ain't the same without Roger Federer. And I'm really looking forward to getting him back on the court. Now, that's not, that's the reason right now he's not at the Labor Cup. And I've talked about it in the past. You know who else isn't there? A guy named Rafael Nadal. Now, let's look at what Rafael Nadal put on Instagram a few, uh, about a week ago. He said, hello, everyone. I haven't communicated with you through the networks for a while. Tell y'all, I, that's funny. Tell y'all I was in Barcelona with my team and medical team to receive a foot treatment that will have me a few days off and a few weeks off track. Already back home and in the process of recovery. Thank you for all the support. Rafael Nadal on the mend as well, getting back to what he wants to do and getting him back on tour. And as a fan of tennis, not seeing him at the Labor Cup, that sucks. As a fan of tennis, not seeing him play in other tournaments, that sucks. But we are getting Roger Federer back, and I couldn't be more excited about it. We are getting Rafael Nadal back, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So it looks like big three, they are getting back with each other in 2022. And I couldn't be more excited about it. A lot of news this week, a lot of things to cover as far as tennis. But we got through it all, and we are better for it. You know what's next? The Laver Cup. Play the Laver Cup. Watch the Laver Cup. There's a lot of good things to see. San Diego's on deck. That's a big tournament. I actually know someone who's going to be at that tournament. And there's some good things on the up and up in the world of tennis. We got the two best players in the world, the two goats, two out of three goats coming back from injury in 2022. We have maybe a little change to the U.S. Open Series. But most importantly, we have the best team event in the sport of tennis happening this weekend. Check it out. It's the Labor Cup. Reach out to me if you need to on Twitter and Instagram at Jacob Sersosimo at Believe Podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the Labor Cup. Boston, I hope you're the best host ever. You're a great city. We will see you next time right here on Believe in the ATP Tour.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.